0: what's up eric hi doing? buddy how you doing uh not well not you well sound good i will fake it till i make it tonight
1: that's all we gotta do yeah <laughs> that's so, the name of the game
0: so first off welcome everybody to the contagion effects show where we talk to some of our wonderful veterans talk about mental health uh things of that nature while security's in the background they're patrolling playing. bro yeah they're, it's
1: it's you know a week and a couple days before christmas they're patrolling well it's with
0: with me being down again they haven't got quite the walks and then the rain that we had so they're they're a little more hyper at at home right now
1: they're a little excited around h h h u g g g g please don't do S-S-O-N. that S-S-O-N. so i do want to give
0: i do want to <laughs> apologize up front to everybody i am going to be coughing i'm going to be trying to mute my microphone the best you know i already apologized to our guests talking to him because i feel horrible that I'm as bad as I am, but uh, I, I couldn't cancel tonight. It just no. wasn't wasn't gonna. We work.
1: would have done it. We would have. We would have made it work, right? And
0: there, <sighs> I don't know how. I don't know how. That's what you gonna start counting? Them? <laughs> I don't know if I have pages. <laughs> so uh, I have to ask you, where were you Saturday?
1: Oh, uh, uh, so in lieu of actually going home, getting some sleep, the first ever state. Title championship football game held at Houston Memorial Stadium <laughs> between the Muir Mustangs of Pasadena, who has a population of about two hundred five thousand people, take on the Division Six Section champs Houston Husky. But it was a Division Five AA, which we which we were at the top of Division Five. And I knew you'd correct that. And they took good. on the Mustangs of Muir and. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. What's the population of Houston? 8,000 8, versus a town with... 205. That's just Pasadena itself. It's Pasadena, bro. Yeah.
0: But they did... I mean, Pasadena High School has a bigger high school than Muir. But...
1: I mean, look, you play who you play. Right? Now, how was the weather? The weather outside was frightful. <laughs> it was frightful. I didn't wear pants, but I did put on socks and shoes. Yeah. So well, thank that, you for that. So that's like wearing you know, pants and holy crap like you no, we
0: had Dude. so so to set the tone we had uh we started the game with sideways rain Ugh, i mean it ew. was windy it was pouring rain mm. my mm-hmm. favorite part was i mean this team came in saying they were gonna beat us by 20 um and we play on a grass field grass. which a lot of southern <laughs> california they pay they play on turf They got that, that
1: they got all turf. that
0: nice turf they got money for turf and here in the Central Valley of California, we just got a bunch of weeds and dirt. We got almonds. <laughs> we got some trees. We got almonds. nut trees. We got almonds and walnuts, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, those don't put a turf field on our on our fields, so which we don't want, anyways. But uh, it ended up turning into a mud bowl. It was beautiful, man. Their running back could not get any traction. First
1: play from scrimmage, fumble. Yeah, fumble. It was exciting. I was. It was, uh, it was exciting. It was a defensive battle. I believe there was six fumbles, four interceptions. We had safety, all the interceptions. Which well yeah, I think we went through the ball like four times. No, we, we threw the ball three times. Three times. One was one completion. Oh.
0: One would have been a touchdown. Uh, and the one other one would have just, been the
1: first down to extend yeah, the drive. But exactly. Hey, back. I loved it. Run, 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 run. It was it run, was throw, run. And run.
0: And then their quarterback was throwing a shot put out there. <laughs> the, like he, he was just was throwing up
1: lame duck go get it
0: like yeah. go get it and we didn't understand why why did they keep throwing like it was so crazy yeah so fun night
1: my it was son exciting. my 17 yeah, year old you guys
0: have heard us talk you know he's looking at going into uh, the air force so now now that football's over uh we can get focused on that once we get him healthy cuz he does have rsv uh, right now so <laughs> added to the laundry list of yeah. lex
1: left flexor right flexor <gasps> an ankle a shoulder a knee oh yeah he's, elbow
0: we we taped him together and put him out on the field you know i gave him a hug right before the game he came out he's all like, oh, man this is miserable and i'm like i gave him a hug i said dude this is the last two hours yep. of football i love you and just go give it your all and win a state championship I, and he yeah. did
1: and he had he had some of the some of the nice blocks i was specifically he what,
0: and he was going he, against had one kid that was a three-star he was big boy and and the other kid was six 320 <laughs> yeah. or 30 pounds yeah and my kids five nine yeah 230
1: so. and red hair so that that and offsets red- everything else
0: well and that's know. one of the things for our team dude we have we actually have four redheads i said
1: it i said it to liam's dad i said dude it's got to be the red hair effect yeah, man it's
0: it's you it's know, where be do you find four redheads I mean, on the same football team
1: the athleticism is just i mean that <gasps> yeah and and again, like was it pretty? No, but they got the job done, and they did what they had to do when they had to do it, and that literally is how this team was ever since ripping when they went up like what fourteen so nothing came 21-0. back? twenty one nothing. Well, yeah, okay, so, so it was twenty one nothing, nothing and half-time. then and then they hang on twenty one nineteen. Every single game from there on out was decided within the last minute of the game. Yeah,
0: well, and, and I, mean, I knew this game when we were up nine nothing at halftime because we scored a touchdown, uh, and then we we end up getting. A safety
1: the takeaway going in i was like oh that could have been the swinger
0: yeah but you i know? knew i knew i was like in cody and i and my oldest son talk we were like oh they're gonna score because we can't win by yeah. more than four points yeah in the playoffs we hadn't done it mm-hmm. so we weren't gonna win by more than four points so it was gonna be what it was gonna be i i labeled them the
1: cardiac kids back in ripping <laughs> so
0: well they're they're calling them the heart the the heart attack huskies because you know they got to do the h's but i like cardiac kids better anyways so
1: it was fun entertaining let's let's move on
0: let's let's hear from our good friend tamra um to pay the bill cheers and then we'll come back to our awesome guest now for our sponsor tamra Polito with the finance group where they're creating a future where everyone has access to the loan and home they love. Whether you're a veteran, law enforcement, a first time home buyer, you're up or downsizing, or even if you need to just refinance, our community deserves proficiency and expertise. Better rates, faster close, welcome home. Tamara Polito, NMLS 165 5776. Again, that's Tamara Polito, and her phone number is 209 209- two zero four three seven nine five all right now next to having our guests, my favorite part of the show let's get a little scotty hastings going to, to pump us up yeah the times and places, they may change but one thing stays the same Yeah, and we're gonna get some stories time, right now. We're gonna get some stories. We're gonna get some great stories. So do you wanna <clears throat> would you like to do the honors?
1: I would. Right. I would. Um, as everyone knows, when I go on and I'm looking for guests for the contagion effects show, there's certain things that I look for. And this gentleman there's checked, criteria? Yeah, there's a little bit. There's about three things. But on my list of seven things, he checked off about nine of them. <laughs> uh right off the bat, obviously, uh Army veteran, <clears throat> excuse us. <laughs> Army veteran served six years in the uh, in the Connecticut Army National Guard, including a deployment into Afghanistan, twenty twelve ish, right? Um, but before that, he became a father, a, a husband, um, and he just grew up in a military family and law enforcement and and all that oh. stuff. And so, as I was going through things, I'm like, gotta get him. I mean, he has a podcast right drive on podcast wherever you can find it go subscribe youtube check it out um post it and yeah we're yeah we'll we'll have the links on ours too um but again like Scotty says the stories that they tell outside of his story just what he's doing to bring awareness uh in, in the after deployment life mm-hmm. It, it it's amazing. I mean, he's got he's been on multiple multiple podcasts, a ton of different shows. Um, but without further ado, I want to introduce Scott Deluzio. Scotty, welcome. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to say Scotty. Scott Deluzio.
0: <laughs> we're we're just used to. Scottie. I, have a
1: ha- I have a habit I have a
0: habit. works. <laughs> and it, well, what's funny, Scott, is that Scotty is actually in Army uh, yeah. and he was in Afghanistan too. Mm-hmm. Only difference okay. is he did end up getting shot ten times by, by the same 100%. guy. Um, and now he's, now he's the country we're, yeah. we're hoping he's going to become a huge mega country music star. Cause we love him. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Funny. I mean,
2: not, not awesome getting shot, obviously. No, that's no, a, that's a terrible thing, <laughs> but awesome. What he's doing after the fact, right. Coming back yeah, absolutely. Doing all that.
1: And that's his thing. As he said, he goes, look, if if I didn't get shot, my hands wouldn't be in this spot to be able to hold the guitar and strum the guitar in a certain way. Right. I mean, he he, he has that outlook of yeah, to get did it suck getting shot ten times. Yeah, absolutely. He called
0: it a really bad day. Yeah,
1: really bad day. You know, so um, yeah. No, but uh, you know, welcome to the show. You know, we want to just kind of start off by. I don't want to say. I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay, let me, thank let me go. Yeah, thank you Cause Eric <laughs> sometimes he takes things and runs. So, what did you have for Christmas him. dinner last year? <laughs> Basically, <laughs> is how it goes with me. I have all the Mikey's a good. Like I said, Mikey's a good interviewer, and he has he has a list. A step progression, as you will.
0: Yeah, if you've
1: seen up, you know, squirrel. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. That, that's Eric. That's, that's, that's But he he just he's so passionate about it all. So that's that's why it will never drive me crazy. It's it's there. So so welcome to the sh- the show, Scott. You know, as Eric spoke, and you're wearing it. You're you are the host of the Drive On podcast. So you 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 kind of understand our world. You've been doing it a little <laughs> bit longer than us. Uh, so yeah. you have a lot more expertise. You know, we're still. We're still learning as we go and trying to get better and better each show, so yeah, and that
2: that's I think the name of the game. i think i'm I'm still learning as I go too. when I first started the podcast, I did not have a clue what I was doing as far as the technology side of thing goes or anything like that and and if you go back and listen to <laughs> the first few episodes, it's, it's probably not the best <laughs> the best quality or anything like that, but uh you know uh, as time has gone on i've I've learned a few things, made some improvements and and I think that's really the name of the game with no matter what you're doing right just keep trying to get a little bit better you know yeah. do one thing it doesn't work out okay cool try something else and yeah well your website's amazing you better.
0: i will tell you that i love i thank do you. love your uh whoops sorry about that uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's uh joey edibles who's another podcaster yeah. uh so Joe thank bro. you joey for joining us
1: uh well you had brought up the beginning of the podcast i think the smartest thing that he did was there's about i think he wanted to i think he did about what seven six or seven episodes of telling your story letting people know who you were and then you're like hey listen i can sit and talk about it all the time but i need people to join me right the smartest thing that he did Uh the number one smart he brought his wife on as the first one
0: the first the (laughs) the, the first guest we've already gone wrong we've already
1: we've been in for a year and a couple and a month but he brought his wife on she you know she got to tell well she got to tell her perspective exactly so that's- and that's that's what i like about the podcast it, it's not just from the veteran point of view it brings it brings everything i mean he's got some guests that were uh, it's
0: all his joey yeah and then the flag you'll, yeah. you'll hear the story about the flag in a little bit
1: yeah we're, we're gonna get on it joey's got a good little thing going too but uh getting back to the drive on podcast it's two episodes a week-ish okay give or take yep. one is about a 45 minute and and it seems that the second one's maybe 10 15 minutes like hey still here still doing our thing just want to give you an update remember me drive on podcast with Scott DeLuzio check it out so well, that's actually, the bo- like both
2: episode <clears throat> both episodes are are full length episodes are not you know not, neither one of them is is uh, shorter than short. the other okay. Okay. No, I, I try. I mean, obviously some are going to be sh- a little bit longer or shorter than, yeah, than right. the others, but, um, but I try to shoot it for at least a half hour to 45 minutes or so for yeah. all, all the episodes. So they all fall right in that, that ballpark there right uh, somewhere around there. So, um, but it's I mean, honestly, when, when I, you brought up, you know, having my wife on, when I, I started the podcast, um, I barely let anybody know it, it was like my wife and I knew for like the first half a dozen episodes or so yeah. that I had a podcast, which, in hindsight, that's not the best way to launch a podcast. That's actually the well, worst I was gonna way ask to you, launch how a your, podcast. Yeah. How
1: was your audience though? Like, like, was it just like, you just put it out there and say, Hey, whoever's going to find it, find it. Well, at first that's, that was
2: what I did. Cause I, I was like, I don't know how long I'm going to do this. This, yeah, this right. could be something that I do for, you know, six, seven, eight episodes. And then it's done. And I don't want people being like, uh, you know, where, where's, where's the rest of it? Like, yeah. Keep keep going with it. And you know, if it was something I just wasn't into, I, I didn't want to put it out there. Right. So um after I, I kind of got a little more comfortable with it and and realized that this was something I, I kind of enjoyed doing and and I wanted to do more of it, uh, that's when I, I started putting it out there. And and I, yeah. you know, obviously you start with Friends and family, right? You you post on Facebook and you know get get those people, and everyone was you know super supportive of of the podcast at that point. But um, but yeah, you need to start branching out and reaching out to more people. Um, The first episode that I did was, or or the first episodes that I did were all people that I knew. Uh, You know, so obviously starting with my wife, but other people who. I either knew from you know living in my neighborhood who were, were veterans or people i served with or or things like that those are the people i brought in because it was really easy to reach out to them and and, and ask them to be yeah. on the show um but then they started suggesting people to me and and then other people started reaching out to me and it just started growing from there which was which was kind of awesome yeah well it's it's funny because joey too because he
0: started around 2019 as well mm-hmm. and uh that's what he says He's like, i told everyone yeah. <laughs> and i think we we tried to i mean we tried to tell everyone i bombed
1: i mean i literally bombarded facebook with everything i was everywhere sharing, you went everywhere you told I went. yeah and i still have, don't have business cards which i'm really i have like a thousand stickers but they're like that long
0: i'm gonna just give you, you know know the man? qr code and make the qr code you just get yeah. that around well so uh scott we've learned a lot about you from you know doing trying to do a little bit of research you know you're everywhere so there is a lot to read about you and we could probably tell part of your story which eric's no eric's i I, at, know, I
1: don't want to get into his
0: story I, yet <laughs> i know but i do you know we want to learn who you are what you're about where you kind of came from right so sure. you know where, where were you born you know where'd you grow up
2: yeah so i was uh born and raised in connecticut uh okay lived there all my life, up until about nine years ago, when we moved out here to uh, Arizona, where I am now, um, met my wife there. Um, had my uh, all, actually all, all three of my kids were were born in Connecticut, um, and we moved out here shortly after my youngest son was born. Uh, it, it was maybe maybe or five months after he was born we moved out here so uh you know while he was born there he doesn't really remember it too much other than you know a couple times we've we've traveled back there just to you know visit family and all that kind of stuff um grew up in a typical suburban town we uh, you know mom was a school teacher my dad was a a businessman he he uh, was a executive at a a company uh, nearby and um he you know we we were brought up in a very patriotic family uh we we were brought up to respect all the people who put on a uniform day after day to uh, to protect us to right. whether it's uh, police officers firefighters emts military you name it um you know we we were brought up to respect those people yeah. um and so that, that was just the, the way we, we were raised. You know, we, uh, we have videos of, of my, my little brother. He was, uh, we were like holding a, an American flag and he's, he's singing the national anthem before he really uh, even knew all the words. Yeah, and, yeah. and so, so it's, you know, it was, it was, it was, I don't know. He was maybe three it a wholesome American yeah. Yeah, family Exactly. You know, yeah. but that's the type of family that we grew up in. So, okay. Now do you um,
1: think that's because it's East coast? And, and I always feel like, you <gasps> know, man, I'm going to ruffle some feathers if anyone listens to <laughs> Is it? I feel like colonial United States. Like I feel like they get real a little more patriotic. Do you? I I that's, well, that's, that's I really you're feel that also, way. You're
0: also. I mean, without getting too political, we're also in the state we're in, right? So that's well, where I think. Right. Some of that I mean, falls the thirteen off. colonies and all that we're not stuff. Part right. Of that part of the state. We're we're yeah. in,
1: no. We're in the valley. No, no. This we do. We listen. Listen. We we fly our bags. flags, and I, I and I get all that. I'm just saying, like, it's an East Coast. Thirteen colonies, type of thing. Like, I always feel like there's, like, patriotism is like higher in the East. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, I maybe the harder. They're at the. I haven't really
1: thought
2: of it. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah. you're
0: not. But that's are gonna make you think on this show today. It, it's okay? not because you're you're not the first guest to kind of talk like that. So yeah, it, it does. It makes sense what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, Whoa.
1: For, yeah. I'm write that down, team. <laughs> uh, so One real quick, is is there was the sun when he started yeah well when he started talking about the podcast he's like i remember you were talking about you asked your son hey what do you want to be when you grow up right do you remember that do you remember the story do you remember what he said you asked your son what he wanted to be. he said he wanted to be a bubble maker
2: oh yeah 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 (laughs) Uh, and that was that was like one of the most bizarre answers i was like i'm not even sure where to go with that How how old was he
0: uh, he was like preschool, five. like yeah.
2: okay. four or five, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, well, usually um, they
0: even have that policeman type yeah. thing, or you know, fireman like bubble type
2: bubble thing. maker. I'm like bubble maker. Dude. Well, okay. the thing was like all the all the other kids in his class had those typical answers. You know, I want yeah. to be a, a policeman. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a doctor. I want to be you know something like that, right? He was the only one with this off the wall, bizarre, you know, bubble maker. I was like, I don't even. What is?
1: What the heck? What is that? So I <laughs> did he so, give did he give any background of why he said it? I, I have his no. background in my head. I'm thinking this is what I'm thinking that this is what I'm thinking that his son was thinking. Listen, <gasps> my parents have always brought me around law enforcement and firemen and, and first responders. And I know them people, I know them, I know first responders. And I think his son was like, listen, I see them all see the him time. All time. I won't be a bubble maker, where these other kids probably don't get that exposure of law enforcement or first responders they want to go be <clears throat> they want to be them that's a good thought maybe, I mean, no, maybe. I, that's true shoot Mike, that. i'm on a roll got stop thoughts. making me
0: laugh though because <laughs> all right hey. so this guy uh so you know grew up wholesome family in connecticut uh yeah. you know i i obviously reading all the th- different things you, know, you started to go to go to college right and <laughs> yep. uh and then you kind of made a change so did well, you finish so- college i did
2: yeah okay. so i uh i went i started going to college and i i was i was in college before 9-11 uh and i, w- I was in college while 9-11 happened like I, I was i was actually on my way to a class when oh, the planes wow. were were hitting um and so after after the dust settled if you will uh and, and i kind of like realized what was going on i had one of those those moments where I was like, okay, this is, uh, I'm approaching like a fork in the road here. Like, do right. I do I keep yeah. going with college or do I drop out and join the military? Um, you know, what do I do? And and I figured I was already uh, a good good way through my degree. I, I, w- I was close enough to finishing. I was like, you know, I might as well just stay in and finish it. Because knowing myself, if I if I stopped at that mm-hmm. point i was not going back uh, to, to school so I, I figured at least let me get my degree out of the way and if there's still a war at that point after you know another year or two uh then i'll i'll think about joining at that point um so i graduated in 2004 and i um yeah, graduated in 2004 i, I started working uh, my, my first job out of college a couple months later and um, my younger brother, Steven, he joined the Vermont army national guard uh, sometime that fall. I forget exactly when it was October, maybe that of that fall. And he had gone to school too. He was also, yeah, he, he was in school. Uh, he was actually going to a school up in Vermont and he, okay. uh, to Nor- Norwich university. It's a, like a military mm-hmm. Academy kind of thing. And he, um, he met a guy up there who was in the national guard he started talking to him about it and he was like yeah this sounds like what i want to do and so he joined the guard and um all of a sudden my younger brother who i used to you know beat up in the backyard and you know we, we used to horse around and, and get in all sorts of crazy trouble he became one of these guys that i was looking up to as a kid like he I'm all like, like, overnight he, he became <laughs> that that guy and i was like i was super super proud of him for Uh-oh. making that decision it was like like beyond proud uh, as far as I was concerned. Um, and then, um, I don't know, six months or so later, uh, I I started hearing these reports in the news that the military was, uh, struggling to meet their recruiting numbers for the year. And Mm. that like, that just got under my skin. And I was like, how could this happen? Like, just a few years ago, people were willing to move mountains to go get some payback for what happened on, on nine right. 11. And now we can't even find people to join the military. Like what, yeah. what's going on here. And I said, you know, where are all those people? And then I, at that point I realized like, I was one of those people, like I, w- I was considering doing it, but I still hadn't done anything yet. And so I, I thought to myself, you know, I'm, I'm still young enough. I'm, I'm fit enough. I'm I'm perfectly capable. I have nothing but poor excuses why I'm not joining the military right now. So, uh, why not me? And so I, that's when I decided to, uh, to join. And now, so were you married uh, at this time already, I, or? I was not, no. Um, I, I, was, I was, uh, I actually had not yet even met my wife at this, <laughs> this point. So, um, so, you know, I, I just decided, uh, you know, this was for me this was going to be something i was going to do um i, I had just started my my first like professional job out of college and so um I was, I was just a few months in on that and i didn't really want to burn any bridges with that so i decided to go national guard like my brother did uh, so that way i could stay close to home i I'd train one week in a month two weeks a year uh, i could still keep that other job and, and everything like that so uh, so that's why i went uh, national guard as opposed it's to nice. active duty um, and so so that's that's really how I I decided to get into the military.
1: OK, yeah. well, there, and, and he brought up a point uh, that he didn't know that his, he's not going to get fired from his job and the, because it's protected right so right if you're going, yeah which you had brought up right because i think that's kind of a stigmatism too for some people is like well i don't want to quit my job or get fired because I, i'm going to go be in the military you get protected
0: if it, time to go and
1: to- now yeah. yeah and so i it, it was ironic that you brought that up we have a kid at, at our at my job that <clears throat> has the same situation i'm like no dude like you're protected like they have to give you time yeah. off Right. And
2: that's one of those things that I did not know at the time. Um, I decided to join anyways. And I said, you know what? If they fire me, they fire me. And and so be it. I'll I'll find another job later on. Or or maybe I'll just go active duty if that's the case. Well,
0: and at at that point, you were already looking forward to, like, I got to do this now. So nothing else. So it it. was.
2: it was happening one way or the other. It didn't right. really, yeah. really matter to me. You now, know, the only National thing Ge- that would stop me was like you know a physical issue that I didn't know about, or you know some other disqualifying you know condition or whatever. But luckily, that didn't become an issue. Yeah.
0: Now I'm not as versed on National Guard as you know with with all the other services. Do you have a basic? Yes. Um, you, uh, okay.
2: It, it, it's the same basic training as active duty. Uh, okay. As a matter of fact, there, there are active oh, duty so. people in the the uh, basic training with us uh it, 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 there's no difference uh when you are uh national guard versus active duty when you're in basic training nobody knows the difference there's no you know different uniforms or anything like that you're yes. just you're in melvin. you know melvin yeah we we actually
0: had melvin. another <laughs> national guardsman who who ended up getting deployed as well and he actually had a, another i think yeah. an army like captain or something Kind of start talking running his mouth to him and he's yeah. like sir if you don't mind you know those bullets they hurt us just like they yeah. hurt you you know so <laughs> yep. it was like dude what a great yeah. point yeah
1: yeah melvin
0: melvin yeah, exactly yeah. so uh so you end up joining where was your
2: basic at it, it was uh fort benning georgia so okay. um so yeah it was down there for oh about oh sorry that was my fault okay, okay. yeah and, so uh, uh, fort Fort Benning. I'm not sure where I, where I cut out. Uh, I was Fort Benning, was Fort Georgia Penny, I was down Fort there Penny, Georgia. For, for a few months. And, um, uh, at the time, my, my brother, uh, he had actually deployed to Iraq, uh, just before I, I left for basic training. Oh, wow. And, uh, he he was the unit he was in was already over there. Um, he was just uh, going over there to kind of augment their their numbers. They had a few injuries and and uh, a few killed in action where they they had to uh, kind of plus up their numbers. So he went over there to uh, to be one of those guys to to do that. So he was there for a, I want to say about six months. Well, what was his um, MOS? He was infantry as well. Okay, so we we both both were infantry. So. Um, so when he was over there, he was in Ramadi in 2005, which was just a really hotbed. It was probably at the time, one of the most dangerous places in the world to be. Um, they were getting shot at all the time. Their vehicles were getting blown up and mm-hmm. all, all sorts of stuff. And he he had all sorts of stories from, from that uh, deployment. It, it was, it was pretty rough. Wow. Um, and uh, when he came home. It just happened to be like a week or two before my basic training uh, graduation, mm-hmm. and so I wasn't expecting to to see him for a little while because I didn't know exactly when he was going to be coming home. But it was it was an awesome surprise to see him uh, at my basic training graduation when when uh, when when he came out. Oh, so you it had no clue really, really he showed
0: cool. up. He was showing up.
2: Yeah, I I, I got a little hint from his um, his fiance who had. I forget exactly how it went. If she sent me a letter or something like that saying that he was going to be home, uh, but it was like just towards the end. So it was like, I didn't have any clue for the mo- majority of the time, but it was like right towards the end, like the last week or two or something like that. I, I think where I, where I ended up finding out that, uh, that he was, he was coming home. Uh, it was supposed to be a big surprise, but you know, it it kind of got a little, little ruined, but it was okay. It was, it was all nice good. I, it was still happy to see him. Right. So. So uh,
0: you do, you do your basic training and then it's, you kind of go back to work until yep. you have to yeah. do your duty and was it? Yeah.
2: And you do one weekend a month and, and then two weeks a year for the training. And so uh, outside of that, everything else is just like your normal, regular civilian life. You, you right. don't live on a, a base anywhere. You're, you're, you live wherever you want. Um, you work your regular job. Um, and you just have the weekends where you have to go off and and do your army training. So, right
0: now I read that you ended up in, in Afghanistan.
2: Yep. Right. That was, that was in 2010. And, uh, that was, um, let's see that, that came about just about, um, about two months after my my youngest son, or my oldest son, was born. Okay. Um, so, so you're married so by we, now, and yeah, I was married for a little over a year at that point, point um, and then my my son was born, and then I just up and left, and I was in Afghanistan, and so I can only imagine. Like One just, you chose uh, to, right? Yeah. Well, no, you know, in a way, I did <laughs> because I that was the job I chose, you know, I, right. I chose yeah. to do that. Right. And I knew that at some point I was going to be deployed. Um, But, you know, just thinking about my wife at home with uh. this newborn, like she she was a new mother. She she wasn't a mother before this and, and just trying to figure out how to be a mom and trying to figure out what to do and all that kind of stuff by herself. Right. It was, right. um, you know, and I know there's a lot of single moms out there who, who do that all the time, but it's still now, she, now she also had the uh, the worry of her husband right. being deployed and, yeah. and that kind of stuff so it, it was just hard on her so yeah not easy uh, yeah and and my my brother uh steven he was also deployed to afghanistan at the same time uh or they about close uh, right a few weeks yeah so we uh both of our units so he was in the vermont army national guard and i was in the connecticut uh, army national guard and Uh, While we were in two separate units, they all fell under the same brigade, and so it was a brigade-wide deployment. That's why we all were deployed uh, over there. Um, We were we were stationed on separate bases uh, in in Afghanistan, but the uh, the deployment schedules lined up pretty closely within Mm. you know a few weeks of each other. So um, so once like I I had seen them a few times in the 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 train up that we did uh, before going to Afghanistan uh, in we we were in (laughs) Indiana and uh in uh camp atterbury and so we we saw each other a few times there um actually the night that i left camp atterbury to go uh, off doing some other training uh was the last night i saw him i just happened to uh, catch up with him in the chow hall we had dinner together and Mm. um and and so that that was kind of a a memorable thing uh for me but um but then uh yeah I, i didn't see him again after that uh we we never crossed paths again unfortunately
0: uh, so do you would you like to share that story because uh scott does have a book it is called surviving right. son and it does tell this story there you go uh we actually i put that picture on our on our thumbnail because I, I just thought that was an amazing i mean yeah just my my i mean i'm getting goosebumps again <laughs> just looking at it because it's just <clears throat> like Sorry. you don't even have to open the pages <clears throat> yet and you already get that emotion of what that picture tells you so yeah um
1: and if you go to if you go to survivingsunbook.com, you can order it there. You'll or Amazon. or uh, Amazon. We'll we'll post we'll it. We'll post it on there. We'll
0: post it with the show notes. Um because it's it's definitely another one of those stories. Yeah. You're I'm an audiobook read. guy, so
1: yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean
0: Eric loves audiobooks gonna, and he would he would literally tell us the whole story but tonight I'm not going to that we're going to let, gonna gonna let, you, let you tell this because
1: I learned from the last time that we had a gentleman on that yeah, was the, an author when I didn't have a voice we
0: had another author on and <laughs> Eric was like yeah and then you did this I'm like dude <laughs> let
1: him tell the story he just he loves it I mean it's, I it's, do it's, want to make it. one point I yes, do sir. appreciate that it's in his voice so you get that picture and you get that sound and and, and and well, it come from an
0: audiophile guy? I mean, he's yeah. Now, well, a some people would,
1: audiophile guy. Yeah, now. but it's like if I wrote a book and you read it, though, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you yeah. get that emotion, you get that that oh, I, feeling. I,
0: I think he could he could only oh. convey it the best, you know, because you hear the other voices and they're like, and then this happened, and then the, I to hear his he's emotion, robotic almost, it, right? Yes, yes. And so I'm just yeah.
1: Saying, last book that I listened to, well, Chris Chris Whittemore's book was. Read by somebody else. Right. No, I I know yeah, exactly I love, what I mean, you're saying. Yeah. Go get so, it. $17.99 on so 1799 So
0: first off, before we jump too much into it,
2: you know, uh, where were you guys stationed in Afghanistan? Where were you? Where was he? Yeah, we're both in the eastern part of the country. Uh, I was in, in an area called Torkum, it was right on the Pakistan border. Uh our base was, I think, about two miles from the Pakistani border. Uh, he was in uh Paktia province um which was i want to say it was about 80 or 90 miles away from where i was um which if you think about 80 or 90 miles like around here in the u.s like you can nothing. get in the car and you could drive yeah, that no, but that, yeah. that's nothing right but um that would take days to get that far
1: so which were those how, more how of the mountains
0: and everything yeah, yeah. those yeah. were the more the mountainous areas <laughs> yeah that you see yeah. all the crazy videos well of? plus all the
1: ieds and everything else that you I mean, right it's, just,
2: it's nothing you're, you're capping 10 miles friendly. And you, yeah. In, 10 miles a day exactly. was probably a
1: good a, a good trout trot right
2: right so so yeah we our, our mission in afghanistan we were uh there for primarily like a border security mission um where uh, the border crossing was where, where we were about 80% of NATO supplies came through that border crossing. Oh, wow. Um, so for people who aren't familiar with Afghanistan, the, the country is a landlocked country, so there's no ports or anything like that. So, um, anything that was shipped on cargo ships usually came in through Pakistan, got put on, on trucks and then driven into Afghanistan through Torkum where, where we were. And so we were there to make sure that, uh, uh, first off, the Pakistanis kept the border open and allowed mm-hmm. the trucks to pass through because, um, as much as people told us at the time that the Pakistanis were our allies, they did not treat us like allies. They yeah. were, they were not very friendly. Um, if, we, yeah, we, we actually had yeah. one guy who who uh, we were walking <laughs> like along the border, like there literally was a line painted on the ground. Like oh, wow, Afghanistan Pakistan is yeah. like you know over this line. And one of our guys stepped foot over the line and he got a, a the buttstock of, of a, Pakistani uh, soldiers, uh, rifle right to the face. Uh, wow. to, just to push him back. Yeah. So there was like, there was like no, uh, friendliness going on with, with them over there. Um, and I wouldn't doubt, I don't know for sure, but I wouldn't doubt that some of those guys were, you know, in the pocket of the Taliban or, or whatever. So it, it right. was, it was not the nicest uh, thing, but we're there almost as a show of force just to, so that they would keep the border open. Yeah. Um, but also to make sure that there were no, uh, uh, you know, attacks on, on the, uh, the border area itself to, uh, to allow the, the vehicles to come through and f- have safe passage into the country and then, you know, carry on their way to wherever their destination was. But, um, but it was, it was a tough job. Um, it's, at times it seemed kind of boring but um, you never knew we had so much vehicle and pedestrian traffic coming through you never knew when one of those could be carrying a bomb or wanting to attack you in in some way and it it was like you were always on your toes uh head on a swivel looking around making sure that you knew what was going on around you and everything you know
0: just seeing some of the like i've you know seen some of the videos and i think there's a youtube video out there where there's, you know, a guy up on up, up on a truck and a car keeps coming close and he's he's yelling like, stop, remember, yeah. stop. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna shoot you if you don't stop. And then finally they had yeah. some other soldiers come mm-hmm. and like go to the car and say stop because yeah. he just kept coming up on yeah. them. But I, I couldn't I mean living like that yeah. mindset is just <laughs> I the stress is kind of crazy. But I don't know, do you guys feel like you felt did you feel like it felt like stress? Like,
2: or was it just
0: this, just this different awareness to it?
2: Right. In a way you sort of do get used to it. Um, because like at at first, like day one, it would, that day one was like the most stressful day because you didn't know what to expect. Right. Um, Yeah. You're, you're walking around there. It's like, you're the training that you do is like, be prepared to be shot at, at any second. And so when you're, Walking around this brand new area, you don't know the, the terrain. You don't know the buildings. You don't know the people who are around there. Like, yeah. and, and and it's not like the enemy was exactly wearing a uniform that said, hey, look, I'm the, I'm the bad guy. You know, they wore the yeah. same clothes as everyone else. So day one, when you're walking out there, you're completely unfamiliar with everything. And you are like just super hyper alert and aware of every little thing that is going around you. Um, I don't want to say that you get complacent over time, like because you, you got to keep up that that same level of intensity. Um, but you start to <gasps> learn, you start to learn what is normal in in a certain area. You start to right. learn, uh, like, oh, those people, like I see them all the time. They work in this this market. Not to say that right. they couldn't, uh, you know, turn around and, and attack you, yeah. but you kind of get to know some of the things that are going on around
0: vehicles, uh, the area and, like that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And, and in a way it's good because you're not looking at everything as a threat. You're, you're looking, now you're looking for the abnormalities and those are the things that are more likely to come out and, and bite you. And, and there were right. a few times when, when we, we had people who came through who definitely didn't look like they belonged there. And they, they just had a, uh, like a, there was a sense to them. That, like right. you just knew that something was off. And so that, those are the people that you, you go and you stop and you, you try to figure out what's going on and everything like that. So
0: now, did um, you have any crazy situations? I'm sure you had a few. Right? Uh,
2: there were a few, um, there actually, um, I'll, I'll get to this a little bit later, but, um, after, after I came home, um, so our our unit was still there and i i was home um uh-huh. our the the border crossing area the Torquem border crossing uh i want to say maybe 2 or 3 weeks after i was home uh was on cnn because of it was uh the border had gotten shut down by the pakistanis and the the vehicles were just backed up for miles and there was there was like hundreds and hundreds of trucks just sitting there waiting to cross uh, into this in, wow. into pakistan or or you know vice versa and it was it was just so many many vehicles um we had a few times when um the the afghan army uh decided to just show up kind of unannounced and they weren't like wearing the like they didn't always wear like the most uh uh uniform, uniform of uniforms right. like they <laughs> they had uniforms but they didn't all wear the same thing all the time like right. some of them yeah. had their, their their top off they're just wearing a t-shirt or you know they're just wearing uh, you know whatever and so you see a bunch of guys with ak-47s and yeah. rpgs start walking towards you and it's like game okay on. what what's <laughs> going on who me? are you you know and I, you know and so so luckily we didn't you know light those guys up but um yeah but there there was there were other times there, there was one time um and, and I, i've talked about this in the book too Um, where I, I was faced with the decision of whether or not to shoot a kid. And, um, he was, he was on the back of one of the the trucks, uh, that we call them jingle trucks because they had these like chains and bells and stuff hanging off the side. They always jingled as they drove down the street. Um, but he was in the back of one of these trucks and I was about maybe 50 yards away from him at the time. And, uh, he stood up in the back and he pointed down what looked to me like a rifle uh at the guys who might the American soldiers who were down below him. And unless they were looking right up, they, they wouldn't have seen him. And you know, I had a pretty clear shot. I, I could have shot at him and and probably killed him. It was a moving target, but it wasn't that far. I, I've hit moving targets at that distance before. Um, and so I was pretty confident that I'd be able to hit him. Um, and I raised the rifle up, I was ready to shoot, and I I something told me to just take a second look before you pull the trigger and I like my finger was on the trigger safety was off I was I was ready to go I was actually starting to pull the trigger and I took a second look and I, I recognized that the the rifle that he was holding it was all uniform in color like it was all the same wood color like the same like the wood that, the wood that you would get at Home Depot if you're building yeah, a right. deck or something it was yeah, all right. that color and I was like I've never seen a rifle like all the same color. Like you at least have like a metal barrel. That's like a blackish color or or something like that. Right. Or silver even Um, like you don't have everything looking like a piece of wood. And I realized this kid is holding a piece of wood that's carved to look like an AK 47. And I almost killed this kid. And so like, those are the things like you, you you had to always be on your toes because you never knew when one of those things could have been legit. and, and, you know, there, there were things like that. There, there's other, you know, instances like that too. But, um, but you know, no, th- those types big. of things will will stick with you. Like, even to this day, I still have these issues where I will just, like, drift off. And I, I kind of have, a like, a flashback of that moment where I, I feel like I'm standing there pointing my rifle at this kid. Uh, he was probably, I don't know, 10, 10 or so years old. Like, that...
0: That's not even, it's just, just not real life. When you, yeah. when you sit there and you think yeah. about it, that's nothing you should ever be faced with. I mean, that's, that's no. the sadness of it. No. And, now- and, and
2: you know, honestly, honestly, just before that happened, I I had thought of myself as a type of person who would do anything to protect kids, you know, y- like young, innocent kids. I, I felt like I'm that type of person. I'm going to protect them. Um, and then, you know, here I was pointing a rifle ready to pull the trigger and ready to kill this kid. Um, I totally like twisted my own view of myself and um, you know, and that's something I I think a lot of times like civilians don't necessarily understand or, you know, really anybody who hasn't been in that position doesn't have to be a civilian um, that these things happen. And it's, it's awful when these types of things happen, even though it turned out okay. Like the kid was fine. Uh, I don't know you know what happened to the kid eventually over time but like that day at least he was fine but yeah. um you know it easily could have gone the other way
0: you you already had your son right and i don't know if you had yeah. any more by that time that i i mean i can't fathom it but just thinking about it it's never a spot you know and, and to think now on the the streets of our own country you're dealing with stuff like that now and police having to make those types of decisions. So it's just, it is, it's mind boggling to have to sit there and point your gun at a 10 year old. You know, it's, I I just got my CCW. So going through all that training, like, Mm -hmm. wow, it it totally changes your perspective on just the use of a gun. And what you had to do is just, uh, it's unthinkable. So, so now what was, what was uh, your brother doing? Cause your brother was there at the same time. Right. Yeah. So
2: he was, uh, he was a little further in away from Pakistan. He was still near, near enough to the border, I think, but, but not as close as I was. I was, I was like basically sitting right on it. He was, he was a little further in. Um, but they, they were getting hammered, uh, where they were. Uh, they, they, uh, actually had days where they were down to the point where they could count how much food they had in, uh, you know, like how many more meals do we have left to be able to serve to the people here? Um, Because they they couldn't get resupplies coming into their base because it was just so dangerous around that area uh, that the helicopters were not flying in uh, to the base and the vehicle traffic, they were getting hit with IEDs and RPGs and and stuff like that. So they were, um, it it was very, very tough for them because they, they just weren't, uh, getting what they, they needed. Um, you know, even, um, you know, when they go out on patrols, they were getting hit, uh, all the time. They were getting into, uh, firefights and things like that. So it was, it was tough for them. Uh, they, they had a, a really rough time and the base that they're on was, uh, pretty remote. Um, so, so it wasn't like they could just, you know, hop in their, their vehicles and go drive to the next base to go get a resupply kind of thing. It was very reliable. It was yeah, they were very reliant out it was yeah, that's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So um so yeah, they I I honestly didn't get to talk to him much uh right. while we were there. Uh most of my communication uh with him came third party. So it would be like when I would call home uh and talk to my parents or my wife or something like that, they would tell me what he told them and vice versa. Okay. So okay. so we didn't really get a chance to talk. Um, as a matter of fact, we didn't talk at all on the phone. I, we sent a couple emails back and forth to each other. Um, nothing really significant. Obviously, you can't send, you know, sensitive information through email. So we, we kind of just, you know, hey, how's it going? You hear you hear about the, the, you know, the Yankees or, you know, whatever, you know, just like yeah. stupid stuff like that, that like oh, just God. to God. kind of catch up and right. yeah, but yeah that type of stuff, you know, right. what's it like over there and that, that kind of stuff. So, okay. um, so really that was about the extent of our communication, um, going, going back and forth. Um, and, uh, which kind of sucked. I, in a way, I like, I wanted to be able to be in communication with him and and know what he was doing and and stuff. But but at the same time, I knew he had a job to do. I had a job to do and, and we needed to just kind of focus on those jobs so we could make it back home.
0: Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and I don't want to give away anything, but you know, what, what, uh, what did you learn on, on what ended up happening to your brother?
2: Yeah. So, uh, that, that's kind of the, the next part of the story. Uh, and so the, the day, um, let's see, I, I don't want to put this. Um, so we were out on a mission, um, one day and this was in late August and we were in a, like a remote village and, and we we're just kind of clearing the village of, uh, you know, to make sure that the, uh, Taliban wasn't using it as a, you know, stronghold or you know yeah. that they were hiding weapons, and all that kind of stuff. So that that was our job that day was go through the village and, and kind of clear it. Um, and later on that day, I got a, a call on the radio uh, saying that the, our commanding officer was looking for me. And for anyone who's listening who knows <laughs> anything about the chain of command, knows that the, yeah. the commanding officer usually isn't going to go directly to uh, an E5 Sergeant and and ask for them directly. Yeah. They're usually gonna send a message through the, the chain of command, but right. this wasn't the case. And so when when that kind of thing happens, it's usually you did something really good or something really got screwed up. And I was like, okay, I just kind of did my job. I wasn't like getting any medals or anything today for, yeah. for anything I had done. So nothing spectacular happened today. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think I screwed anything up but then I started doubting myself and I, I was going running through this checklist in my mind of all the things that could have gone wrong and I'm like okay what what went wrong and I, I couldn't figure it out so eventually I linked up with uh the commanding officer and uh, and he told me to to kind of come over to the side away from everybody else there was some like trees and rocks and stuff over there and uh he told me to take a knee and take my helmet off and I was like Oof. like you never take your helmet off when you're outside the wire like that's yeah. uh, like a huge no-no and and he's telling me to do this like that like what is wrong like did I screw up that bad that he wants me to get shot or something (laughs) like that is that what how bad this is um but I I started getting worried at that point I was like okay something something's up and so he told me that my my brother's unit had been ambushed and that my brother had gotten hit and now up until this point I had never even considered the possibility that, that he my brother would be seriously injured or killed in in combat. Just right. because that's that's something that happens to other people. That right. doesn't happen to you. And but then maybe that, even the something... irony
1: of them even knowing that your brother was there. Like does that do they kind of know well, that relatives and <clears throat> I, I
2: knew that we we're we we're in the same brigade and so that there was you know some way that they they could probably figure that out. Yeah. Um and so it wasn't that far out of the realm of possibility to me that that a message would have gotten to me saying that something happened to him um and so at this point after he told me that my brother got hit i'm thinking okay he's he's wounded yeah okay how do i get to him for you know moral support or does he need like a blood transfusion or uh you know a kidney or something like that you know what i mean like like get me to him so i could be there and get him whatever he needs um and my commanding officer looked at me like I was like I was nuts. And he's like, no, I don't think you understand what I'm trying to tell you. Uh, your brother's been killed. Ugh. And that was like a punch in the gut. Um, I, I felt like my whole world just started crashing down and like nothing seemed to make sense. Like I, I couldn't even understand the words that was coming out of his mouth. Like it just yeah. didn't make sense to me. And, um, you know, naturally like anyone else, I, I broke down. I started, crying and I was I was a mess uh, you know he asked me if I was gonna be okay and uh, you know was I gonna do anything stupid hurt myself or somebody else or anything which was a legit question because I had a loaded rifle and I totally could have hurt just my, yeah. anybody my I middle. wanted to
1: yeah.
2: it's yeah. so crazy though that's that's their first like okay
0: are you gonna go crazy on us or it's in my notes right, right.
1: literally that statement are you wow. gonna hurt yourself
0: <laughs> that's I mean. yeah
1: because because even you say like that's something that you don't think about like am I going to go turn the eight,
0: you know, right.
2: turn, turn on my unit or, you know, yeah. I mean, and, and, I mean, there they were real. Yeah. The, the mission that we were on, we had Afghan uh, army soldiers with us. Um, we had interpreters. So there were a lot of like Afghans with us, like within arm's length almost that I easily could have turned on and, and yeah. like, just blamed all them and just started, you know, that, that wouldn't have helped anything though. That would, that would have mm-hmm. just made things so much worse. And, um, i actually got a little pissed off at the the commanding officer because i I was like you know my my brother just died how could i go do something stupid like that and risk my own life and end up having uh my parents get a second knock on the door and find out that their other son was was killed like that that's just no way i couldn't do that um and about 20 minutes after i found out that my brother was killed our our own unit started taking fire from the village that we had just come out of um and so the grief that i felt and the sadness turned to yeah, straight DCP. like just pure pure anger it, uh, it went to anger and i like i wanted to go and like just hurt somebody like i i was i was at that point where i just i wanted to and i i but then i realized again that wasn't going to solve anything it wasn't going to bring my brother back it wasn't going to make anything any better if anything it was going to make it worse and so i said okay i just need to get my head on straight i need to put the the grief stuff aside for now and just focus on the job very like robotic thinking like put it's that military. over there it's it's, it's in that box thinking, yeah. right you yeah yeah heart it and go on yeah well, and, and like, just just focus yeah exactly focus on the on the mission <laughs> right. wow so
0: so how long how long before you like are you given time to be with your family after you know, and how long, yeah. what, what's that time frame look like?
2: Yeah, so after the, the firefight uh, was over, uh, they they got a helicopter in to fly me and a couple of soldiers who were wounded uh, to fly us out of there. And um, I flew to Bagram Air Base, which is like the main air base in Afghanistan. It was all in the news last year with right. uh, the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, so I was there, and... Um, they, the next morning I flew out of Afghanistan, uh, I flew out on the same, uh, plane that my, my brother, uh, was on. Um, mm. and so I, I, was able to escort him to Kuwait. Uh, then from there, uh, he went off, uh, I'm not sure exactly where he went. They, they took him someplace else. Uh, and I was on the next flight out of Kuwait to, to come back home. So I was home, uh, let's see that next day, probably like two days after he was killed, um, oh, wow. I was, I was home in, in Connecticut. Um, so really no time to decompress uh, whatsoever. Um, there, you know, a lot of times um, guys coming home, they, they have a few weeks, like the, the, the turnaround time to get someone home is usually a lot longer than like two days. It usually takes yeah. quite some time to get, uh, especially when you're traveling, like a whole unit is, is traveling. It, it takes a little bit more time. Uh, it could take, take upwards of a week or more to, to get them from Afghanistan to, uh, you know, Kuwait or wherever it is that they're, they're going and then to their next destination. A lot of times it's Ireland or Germany or, or someplace else. And then, then back to the, the United States. So, um, it just waiting for flights and all that kind of stuff is, is usually a little, uh, time consuming.
0: Well, um, that's, so- that's, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I mean, I'm just trying to take it in in my own mind and you live through it you went from one minute being told your brother's just been killed to within minutes of that being in a firefight to yeah. wrapping that up and maybe not even fully wrapping it up and getting on a helicopter escorting escorting you know brother to kuwait flying with your brother yeah. and then going home to deal with all this all in 48 hours less than right. 48 hours it actually sounds like yeah like that's just I mean, normal people you don't
2: you don't deal with that.
0: That's not something no. that you should deal with, right? Are you... No, it, it
2: it it was a really quick turnaround, and um and it, it was just you know it it was like you said it, you you shouldn't have to deal with with things that way. Um, and I think that sort of contributed to some of the issues that I had later on because I, I didn't have any of that time to decompress, and yeah. um you know a lot of the guys coming back they have a lot longer to decompress you know they're they're hanging out uh you know in the in the barracks with with people in in kuwait just waiting for their flight and they're able to just shoot the breeze and just have a conversation talk to people who were there with them and and stuff and, and you think going back generations like world war Two, they're, they're coming back from europe on ships that take you know a week or more to, to yeah, travel right. across yeah. the ocean right and and so they had all that time where they they were able to just kind of decompress too um you know I was, not, I was not it's told, not a happy, happy hope eye. yeah not a
0: happy no, it me, right you oh, now you have to oh. go console your whole family yourself you know his family your parents i mean it's just it's just the layers yeah. and layers of grief and how yeah just deep. that onion keeps getting peeled back yeah. right i mean it's just <clears crazy. throat> sorry right. I just, right. i'm so focused on i couldn't even imagine that that's where you know when we wonder what you guys go through we we can't even understand because just something like that is so big and so like just crazy.
2: Yeah, and and, and initially when I <laughs> was sent home, they told me that I, I was only gonna only gonna have two weeks uh, at home, and yeah. I was uh, when they told me that I was like, "There's no way, like I don't know how I can go back to yeah, Afghanistan yeah. at this point. Like my head is not okay, and I I don't know how I can do that, and." At my brother's funeral, so for, let me actually take, take a step back, um, so for the people who aren't familiar, the National Guard, uh, unlike the active duty uh, military, the National Guard has really two commanders in chief, the governor of whatever state you're from, and then the president of the United States. So um, the governor of the state of Connecticut came to my brother's funeral, and she told my family that uh, that she was, uh, going to issue an order that I do not go back to, uh, oh, wow. Afghanistan. Oh, wow. So, so I was, I was fortunate in that respect because I don't know, uh, honestly, if I did go back, uh, how I would be able to manage, uh, being back over there. Um, yeah. not, not to mention that, but, um, I don't know how my family would have managed either because it, it would have just torn them as, apart, just worrying, about you know are we going to get another knock on the door uh, is right. is not going to be okay you know it, and i saw it even after i got, came back home and i would go back to, to train every time <laughs> I, I put the uniform on it was just that look of worry right even though i wasn't deploying i wasn't going anywhere i was just going to uh you know go do some training it was just still that look of worry and you know no parent should have to worry like that about their their kid um no. Especially after dealing with that already, you know, right, right. So, well,
0: that I mean, because if you were in, if you were in active duty, you probably would have ended up back because nobody would have stopped oh, sure. those orders, right? So, no,
2: exactly, I mean, yeah.
0: You were, you were where you were meant to be. I mean, that's the way I feel yeah. about it. Like,
1: was did your did your brother have? Uh, it was he had a girlfriend, right? Is it? Did yeah. He, he,
2: yeah, he was engaged uh, to engaged. be married but okay. before he uh, deployed. He was he was going to get married a, a little over a year after he was killed. So oh. yeah, so he unfortunately never had a chance to get married.
1: Okay. Yeah, I was Um, – I'm sorry. I was, again, squirrel. I sidetracked because <laughs> you have an uh, – actually, you have an upcoming episode tomorrow, I believe. Where is that today? Um, And it was talking about uh, resilience and military kids – and I know you obviously shared with your, your kids, you know, and then, and the memory of, of their uncle. And, uh, I know that's, a, that's a big thing. Like that's going to be something that they will always remember and, 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 uh, hold dear. I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of like how your family's threaded together, I guess. Right.
2: Yeah. So, I, I mean, with, with my kids, um, you know, I, I take they're, they're, they're young. My oldest is 13 youngest is nine. So, I mean, they're, they're old enough now to kind of understand that there is war that, that people go and fight and die and, uh, and, and things like that. And so I, I have shared with them, uh, you know, the stuff that I could with, with them as far as, you know, what happened to their uncle and, um, and all that kind of stuff. And I, and I, not, not just share like the, the sad stuff, the negative things, but I I talk about what type of person he was and uh, the, the funny things that that he would do and uh, you know, different, stories and stuff like that and try to uh, keep his memory alive. It's, I mean, that's why I'm here tonight to talk right. to you guys is is to help keep his memory alive. It's why yeah. I wrote the book that I wrote. Absolutely. To, uh, have something that will outlive not only him, but it will outlive me too. And, yeah, right. uh, you know, it's a way that, that people will be able to pick this up years from now uh, and understand <laughs> the, the sacrifices that military families yeah. make when huh. they send their, their sons and daughters off to
1: war. Yeah. It, it, it's a, it's a great tribute. It's a, uh, <clears throat> it's a great tribute. And, um, you know, I'm, 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 I know he's looking down and, and, and he's proud of what you've done to be able to put the experiences that you have. And, and because you, you, you say, you, you said it a couple times or in your book and a couple of different interviews that um, getting help was the biggest issue that you had. Right. Like knowing that you're right. like, we always say it it's okay not to be okay. Um, but I I, I want to bring up the one quote that you had. You said, you need to have people close to you that care enough about you to tell you you have a problem and help you seek out the care that you need. To me, I mean, I literally wrote that down because it's it's, it's okay to say, dude, you got a problem and be boom, like period. That's the end of the sentence. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is there's not that person to say, dude, go get help. You know, like right. you're a grown man, go get help. Like you need help, go get help. But you have people around you that care enough to be like, Hey, listen, I'm gonna hold your hand. I'm going to take you here where I'm going to go with you while you get help.
2: Right. So I and when, a- when I, <clears throat> when I eventually did get help, cause I, I put it off so long. Yeah. I, I, I just, I was one of those thick headed guys that I was just like, mm-hmm. you know what, I'll deal with this. It'll get, it'll get better. It'll yeah. be fine. I'll, I'll be all right. Um, <gasps> But I wasn't all right. Uh, Nothing got better. Like things just, as a matter of fact, it started getting worse. And so the more and more I put it off, the more and more it became obvious that I needed to get some sort of help. But the reason why I think I I put that quote in there that you just mentioned is because when I picked up the phone to call to get help, it was scary. Like I didn't know what to expect from that first meeting with whoever I was going to see, yeah. I didn't, I like, when I say I had no idea, I like, I didn't know if I was walking in and they were going to Keep strap you- me up and put me in a pod- <laughs> padded room and like pump me full of drugs. I had no yeah. idea yeah. at all what to expect. I just knew that whatever it was, I needed it. I needed yeah. something. Yeah. And so my wife, uh, uh she was an absolute saint through this whole entire process. I mean, she, she didn't she wasn't like you know one of those those wives who just nags and like gets you oh you, you got to go do this thing and you know making all these ultimatums and mm-hmm. all this she, she was great she told me hey this isn't Let's, good this yeah. isn't right you, you you need to get some help and she let me kind of approach it in my on my own terms um didn't like push me so hard that i that I start pushing back. You know what I. You know what I mean. Right. Like no. when mm-hmm. someone tells you, you need to do this, yeah. you're like, I'm going to not do it that much harder because you're telling me that yeah. I need to do it. Yeah. You know what mean? So she. Did, hey, you need help. Do that.
1: Yeah. Boom. Yeah. And then yeah, and then, and then like I said, that's it's a great quote. It needs to be on a pillow. It needs to be handwritten note on on your wall, right? Because it, it is. It's hey, you 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 need help. But I'm going to be here with you and take you and go help you. And I, uh, the, the podcast that I was listening to is with Dr. Vicki Matthews. And, and she said, hey, listen, I've seen a lot. I've heard a lot. And I've, I've helped a lot. Right. And I was kind of getting yeah. some things from that podcast and just sitting there listening to it. And I'm like, yeah, like, it's OK. Like we say it all the time. It's OK not to be OK. But you, you need that support to kind of push you along. And that was, to me, that was, that was something and, and having, you know, your wife being like, look, and I know like you ain't the same person, but I'm going to be here for you and I'm going to help you. Right. Well, and, 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 this and is... the thing is,
0: oh, sorry, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I no, you. It's
2: all you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the, the thing for me though, is if I wasn't married at that time, if I, I, I didn't know my wife, I didn't have any kids or anything like that. I don't know that I would have been strong enough on my own to mm-hmm. go and do the thing that I needed to do to get better. And so, you know, who knows where I would have been after all of this, you know, yeah. would I have, you know, gone the self-medicated route and, and just, you know, become, you know, a, a you know, a homeless and a junkie and, and all that kind of stuff. Like who knows where I would have ended yeah. up being. And so, you know, I literally owe everything that I have to my wife and to my family for being there and being supportive yeah. for
1: me. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's, awesome. it's what a lot of people, and, and, you know, we've done, you know, this is the 46th episode that we've had and, and we've seen what well, we've listened to and, and had a, just an array. Right. I mean, we've had single guys dealing with stuff and we've had self-medicating and we've had, you know, being locked in a room for days at a time, not knowing how to deal with it. You know, yep. right. Um, fortunately, everyone that we've talked to is still breathing and still was able to get help when they needed it. Right. And that's kind of like what we do here, you know, you know, Mike and I, we, we say every episode, we aren't military, but I love listening to the stories and giving back and being able to have this platform to tell the stories. And we just always bring up also that there's programs out there for people like there's programs out there, nine, eight, eight, Um, 22 Mohawks there's
0: I mean actually if you go since we're talking about about Scott if you go to Uh driveonpodcast.com, you can actually he has a resources page uh, and he lists all those what sorry I was
1: gonna say and on his I was saying on that that's the thing about the drive on podcast is (laughs) it opens up everything and it shows you like hey listen come to my podcast and listen to drive on podcast with Scott Deluzio right and here's like as you're listening, go do the resources, and he has a ton of things on there. Like it's very well done. I mean, it's 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 amazing what, what you know, what you have well, going. So I mean, it's 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 awesome.
2: Yeah, I I appreciate that <laughs> you guys mentioned that. Um, and and I put that resources page together because I know that uh, you know, first off, we could talk about these things on the podcast. Yeah. You know, I, I've got. 250 show. some odd episodes recorded yeah. we can talk about all these different things and and it's good because we can get into depth on you know what a particular program has to offer or whatever yeah um and and it and some things are are better for some people than than others you know there there might be someone who responds very well to something like art therapy or something like that mm-hmm. okay cool there might be someone else who absolutely hates it and doesn't ever want to do that okay, cool. There's something else for that person. And, and so whenever I come across a resource that seems legit, it's got something worthwhile to offer to people. I put it out there on the resources page and it's, it's not just, you know, any, anybody who, uh, you know, just like you, Random Google searches and stuff like that—just yeah, whatever shows up. It's kid, it's stuff no. that I I've either talked to the people who run the organizations <laughs> or are associated with it, or people who've been through the program and can attest, like, yeah, this is legit. It it's good. It works. Um, and and there are tons of resources there. Um, there there's things like you know nine eight eight, like you mentioned, but there's also uh, just these nonprofit organizations that do things in a wide variety of different ways like there's there there's PTSD therapy using surfing for example I yeah. had them on the podcast uh, actually I don't think that episode's come out yet but um uh, they, there's equestrian uh you know using horses to treat PTSD there's mm-hmm. there's I mean, god there's so many things and there's yeah. there's career re- resources so if you're having trouble finding a job guess what? There's, there's people out there who will help you write a resume. Yeah. They'll, they'll help you practice like job interviews. they will help you get a suit. If you've never worn a suit before, other than your military uniform, they'll help you yeah, get a yeah. suit. Um, they'll, they'll help you, uh, you know, just get in touch with people to, to network with people. Um, there, there's so many different things. So I, I try to put all these things on the website and trying to organize them in, in some way that it's, you know, sort of logical so you can figure out what, what it is that you need. Um, but again, because there's so many different people out there with so many different needs and so many different ways of doing things, uh, I, I put all of these resources together so that they can find the thing that works for them. And right. uh, I always tell people, if you've been in a position at, that you're looking for some sort of help and you've tried something, and you're like, "Ah, oh, that doesn't work for me. Nothing's ever going to work for me. Well, you're wrong. There's so many things out there keep trying, try one thing. It doesn't work for you. All right, cool. All that did is tell you that that one thing doesn't work and you don't have to waste your time on that anymore. Move on to the next thing and then keep trying things until you find something that works. And I guarantee there is something out there for you. Uh, It may not be the thing that you find in your first go or second, third, even fourth, fifth go around. You, You might take some time to figure it out but as you're doing that you're learning stuff about yourself too and as, as you learn more about yourself you'll start to figure out more and more about what will work with you
0: well and this yeah. is exactly why we we did this show is trying to get all these different angles and these different groups and uh, i do want to put something on your radar, radar called sit rep 22. uh it's it's in the works it's actually one of our guests um And he does have an Instagram going right now, but we are, we are in the early stages of an app that is going to do everything to address. Um, He got very passionate on our show Mm -hmm. about uh, awareness, right? Because I noticed like on your, on your homepage and you, on your about us, you talk about your service, obviously losing your brother. But one of the reasons you started your show was you lost some, you lost some brothers too in the service due to suicide and right. um and tom the the he's a, he's a marine tom veteran 20-year um, veteran and he's he started spouting out some amazing ideas i'm like stop like we let's stop we're gonna actually figure out how to put this together and we have you know 22 mohawks uh eric just mentioned them is a group we've had on our show who's doing amazing things they do dogs uh yeah. but they also one of the things uh they do is they uh they do a parachuting, yeah. So fundraiser. twenty-two,
1: yeah. So they want to get twenty-two skydivers in all fifty states, and That'd I be there's so that, cool. there's one date, and I can't remember the date offhand. And they want to get, so that's going to be a hundred. Like one people. of our challenges yeah. is
0: we want to get yeah, fifty because yeah, right now they're jumpers. mainly on the east coast, they're in Massachusetts, yeah. So trying mm-hmm. to get, uh, you know, people parachuting all across the country at the same time for one. Just for veteran suicide awareness would be amazing. It would be absolutely amazing. But oh, that's cool. That's what I, I think that's where we're at is we try to get people that are really, you know, genuine about their message, genuine about what they're doing. Uh, and like I said, Sit Rep 22, it's, you know, we'll, we're working on clothing coming to help pay for some of the back end of getting the app built because uh, that's not going to be an overnight thing. Yeah. But uh, we're, <laughs> and, and it kind of speaks to what you said is, it's gonna be an open book, and and that's what I just explained to Tom. This is gonna be a living, breathing thing because you have your ideas, but as we talk to more people, we'll learn. Oh, well, this person dealt with this. How can we adjust that to, to meet that? Yeah. So you having your resources helps us because that's what we want. Just one page that's gonna be, you know, by state, by city, give them all the resources. Obviously, nine eight on there, everything's yeah. gonna be on there, but we want to build something to where these men and women aren't by themselves. And if they are by themselves, right. they have that phone and that phone can hopefully make that difference. And that app can make that difference. So yeah. I, I love the yeah. way you built it. I, I love that. Um, I do want to talk about the podcast, uh, which is again, the drive on podcast, which is available, uh, across all podcasting sites. I mean, he has, if you go to, to, to the website has them all linked there. You can eat it and on YouTube, uh, you started it to talk about this right did you start it because of more the angle with it sorry that's the wrong word did you talk about it to talk about what you dealt with with your brother more so or or the suicide and the awareness around that
2: first you know originally it started because you know obviously losing one friend to suicide was like too many and then When there were more people that I knew started taking their own lives, I was like, I can't just sit around and wait for that next phone call to say, you know, somebody else that I, I knew and I cared about and I, you know, uh, that fought with and, and stuff uh, that they took their lives to. I mean, they, they literally survived being in a place where people wanted them to die and they came home to a place where people wanted them to survive and thrive and, and be great and that's where they died. Like that didn't just didn't compute with me, and so I wanted to figure out a way to reach as many people as I possibly could. And I said, well, the oh, podcast yeah. is a great way to do that. It's low barrier to entry, it doesn't cost anything for the listeners to right. to do that. They just need to as long as they can get on on the internet, they can mm-hmm. listen to the podcast. Yeah, uh, that that's really the only obstacle for them. Um, and and so that that was. Just too easy, I, I thought, um, and so I I said, um, let me start this podcast to help address this issue because I realized it wasn't just the guys that I served with; it was widespread across the entire military and veteran uh, veteran community. And so they the idea was to help address this issues to to help reduce a number of people who uh, are taking their own lives and uh, provide. Them with a couple things. One is provide stories of other veterans who have gone through some sort of experience. It could be some traumatic deployment experience, it could be, you know, even something at home. It could be, you know, someone who got, you know, raped or, or something like that at, at home on a military base or, or whatever. They went through something. A lot of the listeners went through very similar things. And if they were able to get through that experience and come out, okay on the other side of that experience then that should give hope to the listeners to know that they could get through this as well maybe they haven't figured out their way their path through yeah. this yet but there is hope that they yeah. can get through this yeah. um, and then we also talk to, to a lot of these organizations that that are listed on on my site you know we we talk to representatives or, or from the organization itself or people who have gone through their program and we we talk talk about these different resources um again to shed light on what is what is even out there because you know how do you google for some of this stuff like if you don't know that art therapy is even a thing how do you how do you google that like yeah where do, where do you come up with that and so cool. you know this is really just a, a way to give ideas to people for things that could work some of the yeah. things that i have listed are local resources like they may <laughs> only be available in florida and, and if you live in Washington state, you're not going to get in the car and drive to Florida, to go do that. But there may very well be that same, very similar thing in your area
1: too. Right. You can go to alternate therapies and resources, scroll down to the bottom and click on warrior surf foundation. If you're in, in Ho- whole South Carolina. Well, I mean, there's it, it so many. Real, di- yeah. I mean,
0: it's what's awesome is that first off, he's talking about it. So, hopefully those people are listening. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's the whole goal. I think to all of our shows is that if we can, if we can get one person listening and they hear something that changes their life, then, you know, we've, we've started to do our job Yeah, started. Yeah. We're not there, but uh, and because when somebody's in the middle of something, they're not going to go Google no, that help no, 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 by no. any means. right? <clears> and
1: know. that's the thing we kind of hang our hat on. I, I, I've talked about it before, you know, now it's been a couple of <laughs> months ago where a friend of mine knew that we do this and we we were talking, to veterans and the programs that we find or help find and he's like hey i got this guy back at east and you know and if it we if, long story short is we eventually got this guy some help we went through different chain of different people that we've talked to and finally got help for him and and it's just it's it's what we do right i mean this is this is our give back you know, letting you guys have the platform sure. to, 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 share your message. And again, drive on podcast with Scott Deluzio. I mean, there, there's so many resources to listen to. It's awesome.
2: Well, and, 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 and you're, you're absolutely right too, because the resources are there. Uh, we'd love for the the veterans themselves who are having the issues to be able to be like that, that first touch to, uh, to be like, okay, when, when you're in that position that I was in uh, back, uh, 12 years ago or so, when I realized I needed to get help, I wanted to have a list of resources available that I could go and, and look through. And if you're yeah. in that position, that, that list of resources is available. But like you said, not everybody who's in that position is going to be out there Googling stuff yeah. uh, for themselves. But you very well may have a spouse or you know, a parent or a, a child or, or somebody in their lives who's like, I, I got to help this guy out. I, you know, like the the quote that you read earlier, you know, there's someone going to be there who's going to be like, okay, not only do I am I going to tell you that you need some help, but I'm going to help you find it, and and that's what these resources are there for. So yeah. it's really there for anyone to to take a look through and and see what you can find that might resonate with a person in your life.
1: Yeah, beautiful, absolutely.
0: Well, when I'm not sick and I can't even think, I'm I definitely I'm going to be listening to the book because oh. I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. Getting to hear the author tell a little bit of the story, and then getting to hear your voice retell it because I can't read. I, I I fall asleep reading, but I can listen uh, with no problem. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to to listening to it, uh, Scott. So I, I got that. I got the hardest question of the night now, right? <laughs> so sure. we wouldn't put you in a corner. We're gonna kind of corner you for a second. You and the wife are relaxing. What's the go to? And this guy, what's the go to drink? <laughs>
2: Oh, the go-to drink. Okay, so he was—he was, he was kind of like preempting that—that that question he, uh, just, just, just before there, right? I—I got to give
0: you a little—a little pre-story on it because <laughs> there was a lot of guests, and one time he put tea with sugar. It's called of sweet, sweet tea. <laughs> yeah, he put tea sweet with sugar, shit. so it's always kind of a joke. And then the minute I asked the question, he goes and takes the drink. So yeah, it was. <laughs> I told so you. what's what's <laughs> well, the go-to drink when you and the wife are just finally getting to relax and hang out? And what do you guys
2: drink? Uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm a beer drinker. I, okay. I like, I do like beer. Um, you know, I, I, did, I talk about it in the book just for the people who are listening and, and may have already read the book. I talk about issues that I've had with alcohol in the past. Okay. Um, you know, it's, it's not it, what I was using before doing before was just it it was, it was just really trying to get through that time period so it's not like a like an alcoholic kind of thing where where i was you know it had was an coping. issue with where i it was like uncontrollable it was just a, a coping mechanism at the right. time and um you know so so for people who are listening to this are like oh my gosh he's he's drinking again or whatever like no it's not, it's not that uh that kind of thing so um so yeah i, I like i i am a beer drinker um uh i i like craft, craft beers like uh, you, you know a craft yeah, guy or? yeah craft yeah craft Craft beers are good. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah. It's so a- so Actually, actually I do like to travel, too. Like, when I'm traveling, uh, when, when I uh, go to a different place, I always want to try, like, the beer that you're not going to get at home. Right. Like stuff that's local to that, that area. Absolutely. And that, that, to me, is, like, just a, a fun thing to do. Yeah. So, does the wife enjoy beer, too? Well, she actually uh, doesn't drink. Uh, okay. She she had a, um, a few years ago, she had some medical issues and the medication that she's on now just doesn't work with alcohol. So she, she hasn't been drinking for a few years now. So, um, you know, it, so it's so really just me drinking first. alone, but yeah, she, she's more of the iced tea or, uh, uh, like the, the, those, uh, sparkling water kind of drinks or whatever. So, well, we, um, so that, that's kind of a know- thing. We know we're we're talking to veterans, and that's why we ask because
0: sometimes it is just you know we've had somebody say it's water, and and it's because yeah. they've gone through exactly what you were saying, and you know alcohol yeah. is no longer part of their life because it was it was a negative part of their life. So everybody you know everybody's story is a little different, and I wouldn't look at you as an alcoholic for having a beer here and there, uh, right? I, I don't think that's I, I don't think that's fair at all, uh, especially because it seems. And and I don't ever want to assume it. It seems you found your way through a lot of this and, and having the show, writing the book, you found a lot of ways to cope with what you've dealt with and what you've been through. So I, I think you have that right to that beer once in a while.
2: <laughs> no, I appreciate that. Yeah. And I, I only put that out there just because I, I know there are people who are eventually going to read the book and, uh, you know, or maybe already have. And uh you know I, I don't i don't want the questions coming in it's like oh are you you doing all right now you know, whatever like no it's it's all good uh you know i i got it under control it's not like he, not even like a nightly thing uh or, or anything it, it's you know it's just every once in a while it's healthy you know so. right
0: right well and, and our whole goal is you know we don't want to take away from the book but we wanted to highlight the book highlight your yeah. story highlight your podcast and the things you're doing for the veteran community uh as somebody that lived through it you know it's not right. we don't we don't have that ability we just get to share the stories and we get to give you know other other veterans and you the ability to talk about it which you already have your platform uh we just get to share you on our platform now which is awesome uh so yeah. we do you know we want to thank you for joining us today thank you for your service uh i will be posting surviving Son." i'll post the link uh, is it better to post the direct link or the Amazon link? I'm I'm trying to get you paid too, you know. We're we're all about that. Yeah,
2: I mean, e- either one works. Uh, you know, honestly, I, I put the 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 website that's out there, the Surviving sunbook.com, Book uh, is there because th- th- and this blew my mind when I when I first published a book. I had people start asking me like for signed copies and like yes, through it's Amazon. You can't do that right. So I was like, wait, like someone actually wants a signed copy of this thing. So that you know, if you go through the the surviving sunbook.com, uh you can get it both ways. You can get it uh signed or unsigned, didn't matter, um, from from that website. Um, but that's really what I set it up for originally was just to to sell the signed copies because people people needed (laughs) a way to do that, and uh and and, so that's where that came from. But
1: yeah, he had a funny little comment. He goes, You can't get a signed bookmarker on an audiobook it's kind of hard to use a, yeah. sign, a bookmarker on an audiobook right so my order is going to be coming through pretty soon okay for that we autograph gotta, we the gotta author. have
0: both we gotta have the signed yeah. and the audio version yeah
1: we're gonna start a little collection over here we're,
0: we're not that mart over here we don't yeah. read
1: them books yeah. we can no, listen to them it's the, the adb or yeah oh, it's the uh, I, I don't know
2: i i'm the same way though i i i like, like books. I like the content, but yeah. I just prefer to listen to them. You know, yeah. I, yeah. I listen to books. Like if I'm, if I'm, you know, exercising or driving in the car or something like that, Like that's when I would want to listen to a book. And I can't do that very well while I'm um, using a physical copy of a book. So, you know, I, that's why I did the audiobook too, because I, I was like, I wouldn't buy the book to read it because i don't typically buy books to read yeah. it, right. typically i i buy the audiobook so right. um so you know if if you like to read the physical copy there's hardcover and paperback uh, versions there's a, the ebook the kindle uh version and uh now the the audiobook came out uh, earlier this year yeah it's awesome
1: real quick last last comment um so have you been to state 48 brewery yet is that a go-to place up there
2: you know what i i uh, i am kind of embarrassed that i no. have not been there <laughs>
1: it's only got four and a half stars it's like northeast of you go get the US i know 60 stout. go get the us 60 yeah stout. it's,
2: it's out so you bet it, it, it sounds great it, i may have had some uh, people
1: get some stuff uh, before <laughs> it's only a few miles
2: from my house so i yeah. i honestly am kind of embarrassed that I, but it's like one of those things where like you live in an area and it's just like that oh. it's just the place that's on the corner like you you know you don't even think about.
0: We're we already you know. we already made the 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 hope city connection yeah. with your son and- yeah and Matt at burritos. So, hey,
1: that's all right. We live an hour and a half to from Yosemite, and I've literally taken my family like one time. Yeah. <laughs>
2: it, it took us, yeah. uh, I think it was like five or six years for <laughs> us living here in Arizona to finally get to the Grand Canyon. Oh, so, wow. uh, yeah, I yeah. get it.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, Scott, thank you so much, man. I'm so glad you answered my email. Yes. Um, if there's anything we can uh, do, yes, let us gorgeous. know, tag us, and you know. Hey, if you have an opening, hey. I mean, we're not veterans, but we would love to be uh, he's putting his
0: sophisticated glasses on that.
1: We'd love to, be, we'd love to, to be, I could be sophisticated too. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. And,
0: I'm but don't reach out till I get rid of this if you if you, yeah, uh, if there's any interest you got it. I don't want to be hacking on your show. I'm already embarrassed that I had to do that today. Yeah. I feel brutal. terrible. But I did not want to miss out on this. So yeah. We appreciate well, your I, time. I really
2: appreciate this this uh you know opportunity to come on your your guys show and and share my story with you and your listeners so uh thank you guys for the invitation and the opportunity to come absolutely Absolutely.
0: man do it again absolutely we'll have to talk about new stuff yeah his next book no yeah no pressure Uh, (laughs) no no pressure right (laughs) yeah yeah. well scott you have a wonderful evening uh tell your wife thank you for letting us borrow you for for some time and uh enjoy the family okay Thank you. Have so. a good one. Mike.
1: Go Army, beat Navy. Oh, I can't say that.
0: It already happened. I know. Navy's coach. And then left. he resigned. Yeah. Well, whatever. 15
1: years. It's a long time. Yeah. Coach. Man, you just keep doing it. Yeah, man. It's, uh, you know, it, it's fun to find the, I mean, that, and that was been a, that one's been set for a while. I mean, and I just, there's so much stuff that that guy, I mean, we, we could have went on for, for, oh, yeah. More and, well,
0: we don't want to. We want to. We want to highlight his book yeah. because the goal is help him. Yeah, you know, get people to get out and read it. I mean, but you could
1: have done an hour and a half on his website. Oh, we, you know, with yeah. all the programs yeah. and stuff. For sure. But you know, it, it, that's the cool part. Now we're starting to get at the po- to the point where, like, we're starting to overlap some people. You know, yeah. and and um, I'm blanking on his name, so I'm not going to bring it up right now. But yeah, <laughs> dude, Arizona is the hotbed because people are moving to Arizona and helping out with the VA Coughlin coughlin is out there now yeah. so he's out there, there now yeah okay I, yeah he moved out there and i apologize i'm t- andrew andrew coughlin yes. thank you i know I wounded warrior i got you wounded warrior I've,
0: I've, shout out to andrew coughlin
1: shout out wounded warrior project
0: well buddy you made it bro uh, only I, I, 2, seven 20 39 call uh, 34 coughs. shut up i'm gonna i'm gonna end up having a coffin attack to <laughs> where i pass out after, after Deuces all right buddy well don't don't give me oh. that quick man oh, i gotta my bad, my i gotta bad. i gotta at least be ready oh we gotta get it. our well, we'll... Nah, i'm not worried about it no please no 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 please no, i dude, gotta go it's... gotta go okay eric deuces deuces